Welcome to Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. Over the next hour, you're going to learn from expert guests their thoughts on alternative and complementary healing modalities. Now, here is Kathy. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a splendid day. Thank you for joining us on the 12th and final episode of Soul to Wellness. Radio has been a wonderful experience, and I plan on continuing this journey with future podcasts, hosting on Captivate.fm. That's Captivate.fm, where we'll be exploring even more holistic methods to healing and interviewing fascinating people like my panel of four guests this evening. I don't know if they think I'm for real or not when I say things like this, but I have had the absolute honor to work with these incredible human beings. I cannot begin to tell you how hard they work, and we've been with each other for multiple years as client and practitioner and as fellow peers in the life journey. They have never phoned it in. They have demonstrated unwavering commitment to their inner work, and they have no idea what a gift that is to me because I came from a family who ignored problems. And until I met these fine folks, I didn't know it was possible for someone to work with me to find a better way. One of my favorite books is Dan Millman's Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And I think about that book when I'm with this panel of guests because each one of them has walked the talk when it comes to questioning their beliefs, confronting their fears, and finding ways to seek inner calm and balance. Each session I have with these individuals, I get to watch them dive deeper into their self-discovery, align with their purpose, and live their dream. Like all of you listening to this show, they are warriors embodying strength and resilience. Each one of them is here to protect and serve, seek justice, lead, and entertain you all this evening, sharing their experience from the holistic methods they have learned from our sessions, such as mindfulness and energy healing, as well as the tools they have learned along their own unique path. It just came on. Uh, Here with me, I have Umberto Alabado, Robert McCumber, Caitlin Reed, and Cassidy V. Umberto Alabado has had a long-standing career as a singer, dancer, performer, and director of shows. He spent his youth traveling the world with Up With People and performed in three Super Bowl halftime shows. Robert McCumber is a multiple Grammy and award-winning sound engineer, and is, as well as an accomplished guitarist. Caitlin Reed is an aspiring Michigan State University student majoring in psychology and criminal justice, and she is currently researching the effects of the justice system on juveniles and their families. And Cassidy V is a loving mother, life coach, brilliant fashion designer, and entrepreneur. You can find my guest biography information on my Voice America host page. Welcome, friends. So glad to have you on the show. As you know, this is an open forum, and I encourage you to share whatever you'd like our listeners to know about what you may have learned from taking a holistic route to healing. Anyone can jump in at any time, and please feel free to tell the listeners a little about yourself. Cassidy, I know you and your wood energy is probably kicking in, so if you're anxious to start, 
go right ahead. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kathy. I'm so grateful um, to be here and grateful that you invited me onto your show. Um, I can obviously tell the listeners if it wasn't for Kathy, I would probably be dead right now. Um, I found Kathy and in all honesty, she fired me as a client or patient <laughs> because, um, <laughs> because I wasn't willing to put in the work. I wasn't invested in my health or myself or any type of healing. And, um, I was hospitalized a few times, uh, traditional, you know, Western medicine failed me. And, um, I finally reached out to Kathy again and I apologized and I said, please give me one more chance, one more shot. And I'm grateful that she said yes. Um, but what I had to realize is that not only do I need to do the work, but I'm worth it. And, um, in my mentoring of younger girls now, um, I make them look in the mirror and tell themselves they're worth it. Um, so we started digging into my trauma and my past and we connected the dots and I actually flew across the country to see Kathy and we did body work and healing, um, healing some of these traumas that had been huge burdens on me. Um, you know, and all of a sudden, the burdens that I had been carrying, the things that were weighing me down, they didn't hurt anymore. They were just distant memories, but the pain from them was gone. And with Kathy's help of energy healing and trauma releasing, and the universe started to shift and my life started to shift and the people around me started to shift, you know, and some of them start to shift for the better and some of them start to shift for the worse. Um, and that was when I learned about the law of mirroring. As Kathy says, sometimes the universe is an SOB. Mm -hmm. It will teach you the same lessons and slap you in the face until you heal or learn the lesson that you need to learn. Um, the law of mirroring and Kathy can explain this better than me, you know, demonstrates that we're not only attracting certain circumstances into our lives, we're actually getting glimpses of who we are through others. Um, some of the painful things that we experience through others teach us where we need to heal ourselves. Um, things that um, are joyful with others teach us where we're doing well. Um, but that's all part of our soul's journey. Um, and Kathy can speak more to this, but the soul's journey is, you know, our path to the personal and spiritual and emotional growth that allows us to connect with our inner selves, you know, explore our passions and really align ourselves with our higher purpose and, um, fulfill our destiny. So as I started practicing this energy medicine every day, started grounding myself every day, my soul was more awakened. Um, so my personal journey and my life's purpose started becoming more real to me. Um, just recently, I've started singing again after 12 years. 
uh, like I said, I've started mentoring younger girls and teaching them that they're worth it. Um, I've started designing fashion again. Um, I became the best, uh, I call it a bonus mom because she's not my biological daughter, but she's my spirit daughter. Mm-hmm. That's part of my soul's journey. Um, Absolutely. And becoming the best wife I can be. And for that, I'm grateful to Kathy. So. Well, Cassidy, you know, you've got to give yourself credit because you've worked really hard. And what I tell everybody is that, uh, you know, there's not a single person that is unscathed from trauma. It gets us all. And as I mentioned in previous episodes, trauma, you know, some people say, I don't have trauma because I wasn't beaten and all that. Well, that's not necessary. Uh, We don't have to be beaten that bad. It's just a matter of some needs not having been met when we were children and from a child's perspective, creating an interpretation of that negative experience. And sometimes a child will internalize uh, that experience somehow in terms of a negative self-image. And that negative self-image will manifest as limited beliefs that's keeping us from fully living our soul's journey and what we were intended to do with this life. And that's all that happened with you, Cassidy. I mean, you were just, you had that negative, uh, what we call the echo chamber of negativity um, spiraling around you and you were stuck and that wasn't your fault. And I try to tell everyone that your trauma is not your fault, but no different than a game, you know, in terms of a card game, we are stuck with the hand that we've been dealt. And so, no, it's not your fault. But unfortunately, it is our responsibility to do something with it. Anything else? Like you can chime in more, Cassie. I just wanted to make a note on that because I didn't hear yourself, hear you giving yourself enough credit. Well, I appreciate that, Kathy. Um, I give you the credit, but I will also take some credit. Um, but like I said, you fired me once before. <laughs> and it wasn't until I did the work and really... Um, really started to believe that I am worth it, that, um, that all of these things we call, you know, the waking dream, like all of the dots started becoming connected. And like I said, um, I'm just very grateful. And I, I will let some of your other guests share. Well, thank you. That was beautiful. And you're a beautiful person. And sh- she will be, she is a fantastic life coach and she is definitely passing it on. So who would like to join in next? Um, I I can go ahead and jump in. Um, there was something that you said, Cassidy, that really kind of stuck out to me. And that was, you mentioned how paying attention to what brings you joy in your life. And you mentioned like joyful, joyful moments with people and um, kind of pay attention, paying attention to that. And that's been the biggest thing that's really changed my life with this work and, and this energy work is that um, paying attention to the way things make me feel um, and kind of using that to guide me. And I felt very empowered through this whole journey. And because my whole life, I've always kind of felt that I was just, you know, at the mercy of everything and everyone around me. And um, I have generalized anxiety disorder and my whole life had always been governed by this just intense anxiety. I mean, I couldn't go a day without being just so anxious about something. And um, it was something that I really disliked about myself. And then through this energy work, I've learned that, you know, anxiety is just redirection and it's 
my way and my energy's way of kind of bringing me back to what fulfills me and what I should be doing and my soul's journey. And, you know, I, I realize and I'm working on realizing that I was so anxious because I was so just misaligned with what I wanted and what made me happy and with what I was supposed to be doing. And um, now I know that, you know, when my anxiety kicks in, that's not a bad thing. And, you know, it's not the, oh, you know, here we go again. I'm anxious again. It's there's something in my life that isn't the way it needs to be. And um, you, Kathy, you talked about trauma and, you know, our trauma happens to us for a reason. And it's um, it's not a punishment necessarily. It's just kind of gearing you up for what you were supposed to do and where you're supposed to be in your life. And just recently, I, um, you know, Kathy knows this, I had some very sudden and very intense anxiety about being alone. I mean, every time I was alone, I was just having panic attacks. And, um, you know, together we kind of realized what what that stemmed from and how how that anxiety can serve me now and how it can make me more empowered in myself and and what I'm doing and um I've just learned overall that paying attention to my energy and what fuels me is the most important thing I can do in my life because it's going to lead me where I need to go and um that's what I really love about this energy work is that you know whether you believe in the soul's journey, you believe in past life, it's in between lives, and, you know, whatever your belief system is, everybody has energy and everybody can feel it and everybody can shift it. And, you know, I've, through the soul's journey and through this work I've done with Kathy, I've just kind of realized that, like, my life is my own and I'm going somewhere in my life and everything that happens to me and everything I feel it's not a punishment and it's not a reward. It's just trying to get me back on that path that I need to be to be happy. Um, and it's just been so incredibly empowering to do this work and to know that, you know, people are going to come into my life and they're going to come out of my life. And that's a result of where I'm at in my energy. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. Everyone's on their own journey. Everyone has their own energy. And it's, you know, it's been really um, enlightening and very, like I keep saying, empowering to realize that nothing in my life is a punishment. What, you know, my trauma and everything that's going to happen to me is not punishment. It's just what was meant to happen to get me where I need to go. Yes. And you are such an old soul, my dear. This is Caitlin Reed, by the way. We didn't quite identify her. This is Caitlin Reed, uh, Michigan State University uh, student. Um, Caitlin, you have gone through your share of hardship and we're not, you know, going to expose any details on anyone, but she had every reason to feel anxious uh, when she's alone. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And I love how you phrased it, Kate, that I can redirect the anxiety and the anxiety is a navigator. The, the, mm -hmm. Any emotion is a navigator and it's letting us know if it's a negative emotion, it's letting us know something's not quite right. And the last mm -hmm. thing we should do is repress the emotion. We should be paying, paying attention. And uh, Caitlin, you've come a long ways with that anxiety. Don't you agree? A long oh, ways. Yeah. Like if you had talked to me two years ago and asked me to do this, I would have, you know, laughed in your face and quit therapy just so I didn't have to do this. And you know, <laughs> now I'm so excited to be here and I'm doing so much. And yeah, no, I, I'm definitely, I've come a long way and I'm super proud of myself and I'm super proud of the work that you and I have done together. Yes. Uh, so am I, so am I. And I tease Kate about, you know, I just, I wish I would have, have known what, I mean, how old are you, Kate? What are you like? Barely 18? 
18 19, years old, 19 and eight. This girl is barely 18 years old, okay? And she's so wise beyond her years. And I tease her about being the future president of the United States. Um, I know that's not what she wants to do, but she could be. <laughs> she so could be. Um, and anyway, we may drag you into that later down the road, Kate, when we need you. Um, but anyway, you are free to do what you want to do. And why don't you share with the listeners, like, what does that look like, right? From right where you're at in your life right now, what does, you know, what future prospects do you have for yourself? Um, yeah. So like you mentioned earlier, I'm um, a psychology and criminal justice student. Um, so I plan to go into forensic psychology and right now I'm working on a research team where we look at the effects of the justice system on juveniles and their families and how, um, a kid's upbringing, you know, whether it's they've, you know, no one in their family has been in the justice system and they're the first, or they've had a long line of people who have come into contact with the system, um, how those hardships have affected them and, um, I really love that work and we're working with kids who um, are right around the age where I won't say like my, my struggles with my trauma started, but definitely is when they started coming to light. This is um, they're 13 to 17 and I love it so much. I love that I get to make an impact on, on juveniles like that. And um, I don't know if that's what I'll go into, if I'll work with juveniles or if I'll work um at the adult level or for work in investigation or I just know that in the future um, I plan on the justice system. I plan on something with psychology, but it's all up in the air right now. And that's okay. You have the rest of your life to decide. (laughs) (laughs) And most likely you'll be changing your your mind down the road because Mm -hmm. I think the soul's journey is all about reinventing ourselves and each decade you learn something new about yourself and want to shine a different facet of your diamond. So who knows, but I definitely see children in one way, shape or form in your future, because you're just such a natural with kids. And why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do in your free time or when you go home anyway? Yes. So when I'm uh, back home, I'm originally from Tucson. So when I'm back home, I teach um, horseback riding lessons to kids. I've done that since I was 13. And um, over the summer, I, I run a summer camp out there at the ranch. And over the weekends, I do trail rides. And the trail rides are fine. I mean, I love meeting people from around the world. But um, I love when I teach my lessons. I love my kids. You know, like I, all the time I'm texting my friends, I'm like, send me pictures of my kids. I miss my kids. How are Aww. they? Um, it's been really, honestly, like so healing to to be this figure for these younger kids and these younger girls. And I have one little girl and I won't say her name, but she came into the lesson so anxious and just, you know, everything scared her and she was so quiet. And after working with her for a year, I mean, I cannot get her to be quiet and she will do anything and everything. I'm like holding her back. Like she, she's not afraid of anything. And I just love it so much. And it's been so empowering and so healing to get to be that. And I think Cassidy and I can kind of relate on that of like mentoring and it's just been such a healing experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd I'd like to just share really quickly right before this episode, um, a girl that I was mentoring came and rang my doorbell and she brought me flowers and I had helped her with her dress for her big event and, you know, helped her, you know, feel confident and, you know, kind of been mentoring her and, um, she came and said, thank you so much, Cassidy, for helping me build my confidence. And that was the greatest gift I could have gotten. I didn't need the flowers. I needed, you know, 
I wanted to hear that she felt more confident. You needed to hear that your story, the story of your trauma had purpose. And when you hear, when you receive these inspirational messages from a place of gratitude on the receiving end of it, that's when you awaken. There is purpose and meaning to my trauma. And that's what you two are experiencing. And with you, Kate, uh, now Kate had every reason to be an impatient person. And she's not. Uh, she learned what it's like not to, she learned the hard way what it's like not to be treated with patience. And you should see her with these young kids. She's just got the patience of a saint. And that's where her trauma did serve her because she wanted to spare other people from having that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Anybody else? Thank you for um, uh, feeling free to crosstalk, everyone. Uh, anyone else who'd like to chime in? Sure, I'll chime in. <clears throat> this is Hello, Robert. this is Robert. Thank you, Robert. Robert McCumber. Um, on the, you know, accepting, taking off of, um, you know, accepting what's happened um, is for a reason. Sometimes that's really difficult in life. Many times, more often than not, I guess. Um, and when you have that shift to be able to see things that way and let them flow and not fight against them, that's a major first step. So, for example, like again, something you know, Kate had said, you know, you you can, you know, you can't control the wind, but you can redirect your sails. Mm-hmm. You don't fight the wind. You're you're never going to be able to beat nature. You flow with it. Um, it's interesting. When I was 18, 20 years old, I started off on a path of. Um, grew up in the Midwest, moved to the East Coast, ran into bookstores that I don't think I could easily find the books that I found on the East Coast in the Midwest, and kind of found my journey getting into Eastern philosophy and, and Eastern thought and energy and all of this. And and uh, being many years older now and having life have got you know life got lifey as it does, good and bad, good and evil as we all need both. For balance. Um, coming back to this and arriving, having it find me again through Kathy, you know, and at that point in my life, having run through life, very happy life, very successful, you know, many good things, but still issues that I had never addressed with relationships and myself primarily. And arriving at somebody like 25 years later to a concept and thought process that came so naturally to me and I kind of just put to sleep because life happened. So where I'm getting to, I think, is that once again, I was probably familiar with it, but once again, I was put in a point of, of having to accept kind of with my male ego, you know, been out in the world, done this, done that and accept something that I had already accepted in terms of just feeling that natural, eh, this is a little weird, maybe I'm not used to this, but it's so familiar. I'm following my intuition again. And I've done just that, and you know, in a couple of years, I cannot tell you how things have changed. And I remember being in that first appointment with Kathy in just that moment of being like, okay, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm an open person. I'm always willing to accept and listen and learn with the point of view of how could this 
be a detriment? How could this hurt? It could only help. I can only learn. So, of course, I, I um, went in having that just moment of question. You know, and went back to my intuition of, you know, let's see where this goes. And, you know, man, I never knew I'd be at this point in my life. I never knew I'd feel this way. I never, never knew I'd, you know, have the success and happiness and realizations of where I am now, where I compare it to where I'd kind of been successful in life, you know, to society standards, I guess you'd say. And, but I wasn't happy. And, I am here living, breathing, talking, walking, singing, laughing, enjoying every moment now. Um, thanks to this wonderful woman, Kathy, <laughs> who is out, out here doing this with a purpose. And uh, we need people to listen and understand and take it in. I mean, listen, obviously, you, you have to find all of this on your own. Um, but I guess my point being is to be open. Um, and accepting to something, in my case, you know, that I had followed my intuition and uh, always had that in my life, and now to expand on it again and to, like, pick up right where I left off um, with the addition of hindsight and all of my experience in life. It's just, like, one big wow after another. So um, I guess that's what I have to say off the bat. No, thank you, Rob. And, um, you know, I... I've so enjoyed, I enjoy all my clients, but I never in my wildest dreams would have guessed that literally half of my clients would be men <laughs> coming to me for help with unresolved issues from their past. Now, I had to really pull yours out of you, Robert. And one of the reasons is why, why is because, you know, on paper, you had like a a really good looking family, you know, across the board. And I remember when I was trying to figure out like, why are you here to see me? Because if things are going well in your life, you don't come to see me. And there's, there's obviously some problems. And um, usually for most people, you know, it stems from family of origin, uh, inner child issues. And you had a Quite, you know, you had a privileged life. You had um, a very nice family, but it doesn't mean that families don't have problems, and it doesn't mean that you had all the support and your needs met in terms of establishing your own inner confidence. And that's what I have, how I have seen you grow more than anything. And something that I just want to put out there for Rob and Umberto, um, both of these fine young men have been in the realm of fame. And that's very hard for you to keep your feet planted on the ground while you reach for the stars and you're exposed to that stardom, which everybody thinks is greener on that other side, right? I mean, we all think, oh, like, you know, you're, you're iconic, you're a star. Everybody wants to be you and they think naturally your life is just going to be perfect. But Rob, you were as you just shared, I mean, it, things aren't perfect mm -hmm. and you have to find what, what's not making you happy. And you're somebody who is of such depth that it, you didn't need all the glam of the fame that, that wasn't what you were here for. Right. Yeah. Enjoying being behind the scenes. And, and I'm, you know, by design, I'm fortunate to say, I'm very grateful that I am, um, you know, a, a glass half full person always have been and and even with all of that being able to to find happiness in anything 
that is maybe not seen as positive, more negative, and try to make the best of everything, you still, you know, you still have to put yourself in front of others at times. And um, that's one thing that I really came into contact with. And, and um, the methods and techniques that, that I learned through Kathy, from Kathy, um, it, 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 being a big meditator, for one, coming into this and, 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 and being more experienced and, and one who that comes easily, easily to and where it's gone to now with the opening of my my mind and my channels and less blockages and dealing with things and being able to then see so quickly what I may need to address or how I'm dealing with the situation. Why am I nervous in this? You know, and I grab that and I put it aside and, you know, I can get through day-to-day things much easier, much, much more quickly without clutter. Um, yeah, I could go on, but it may not be in such an organized fashion. So no, it's <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, go ahead, Berta. I heard you say something. No, I just uh, I was I was just agreeing okay, <laughs> with, a, yeah. with a comment. So let me ask you too, since we're um, since you know Umberto jumped in, what was it like? If you don't, you know, what I'm hoping is that men. Okay, let's. I'm, I, this is not a slam against men. I promise you, but I mean, men are less open to what I do <laughs> than women, right? So, would you guys mind sharing like why you were and and why you would encourage? your fellow gender to get this sort of help when in need? Well, I was in a, uh, I was in a unique situation. Well, not unique, unique for me, I guess that um, I was brought up by women. My mother, my grandmother, and my aunt were the, um, uh, uh, were the driving force, if you will, of my life. My mother was divorced. Um, uh, three times, uh, so she brought five of us up uh, in a very, very conservative Mexican-American family here in Arizona, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she was divorced. And in her family, divorce was was not an option. And because of the woman and the person that she was, um, you know, she took that option of divorcing and marrying and remarrying and. And then having the five of us. So I was very used to having women in my ear, if you will, if you will. And when um, I met Kathy, uh, Kathy, it was just a natural uh, transition for me, a uh, transition for me because I, I, um, uh, <laughs> they were part of my women were part of my problem, but they but uh, <laughs> but at the but at the same time I I understood I understood um, their value in my life mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and the and, and the and, and the person that they they had taught me to become it was just little you know when I came to Kathy I was I was just a little crazy because I had ideas of my life already in I thought in place because when I'm, I'm you know. I, in my youth, I traveled with an organization called Up With People, which was an international um, cross-cultural organization of students, of young students between 17 and 29. And I traveled with that group from the time I was 17 until I was 20, uh, until I was 20, and then lived in New York City and until 2014, uh, 2014. And, um, and I had 
these wonderful, wonderful experiences. Uh, it uh, it made me the, the man that I am. It uh, it gave me the friends that I have now, which are friends all over the world. I can safely say I can go to any part of the world, and I will have someone that I know that I can stay with. That um, you know that that I've experienced life with. So that's a pretty cool thing for me, for me. But when um. Uh, when I came to Kathy, or when Kathy and I met, I had moved to Tucson. I was retired, semi-retired, um, and I put everything in the back burner. I entered this group, uh, men's group that was uh, being facilitated by Kathy's husband, Patrick, and um, I was perfectly fine. Everything was great. I thought it was great, but then uh, uh, real and not really realizing what this group was doing to me because I was, I was watching at the beginning. I had a, a, everything in common with them because I, w- I was a man of age. Um, I was a man that had made a, tra- a big, big transition from a huge job in New York city uh, to, um, to coming back to Tucson, to Arizona, to Tucson, Arizona and, and retiring, buying a home and thinking this was it. This was it. So I was, you know, I was just following what everybody else was doing. I was, uh, I, I, I resorted to um, a smoking pot because that was going to, that stopped my, um, that stopped my, um, the voices in my head, if you will. Those, uh, my, my, my brain sometimes tend to, tends to run 24 hours a day and there's always something going on. And I found that at that time I found that uh, when I smoked pot, those uh, those voices would settle down, and I would be normal, if you will, or so I thought. And then meeting Kathy and going through um, the uh, experiences with her and what she has to uh, what she has to offer in energy energy medicine, I realized other things, and I realized I guess something that I always knew. Uh, about human empowerment that uh, we have uh, that a lot of us don't have because either because of our families, our religion, um, our cultural, um, uh, our, our, our cultural situation. But, uh, you know, I realized that human empowerment and that I had all the power within me always, I always had that. I, I always had that. And I, I, it, it it was solidified by the time, by the exercises, uh, by the exercises and the sessions that I had with Kathy. Um, after I, um, you know, I I, I, I came to her uh, because I saw when she came into the men's group, I saw a kinship there between her and I, and it was energy. It was uh, it was energy. It was understanding. It was understanding, and so when I started divulging my stories if you will she was able to help me because she understood uh she understood in in many many ways and um and that changed that changed everything for me that changed everything for me when i realized that i had the power to manifest i'm a big big huge manifester um and I remember in the, as a child, as a teenager, and as a child, I would manifest, not knowing that that's what it was, because at that time, I was influenced by the Catholic religion. So to me, it was, okay, I was praying, and God, you know, uh, granted me this, uh, uh, granted me this 
but now it's uh now as i've aged it's evolved into something way way different uh something that's so much good for me um and i'm thankful i'm grateful and i'm uh, i look forward to my days i look forward to what's what's going to be what's going to be next for me uh from next to me but the but the, again the most important thing is that I have the power to make it happen or not. And that's a pretty big thing for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And something that I try to introduce everyone to is the soul's journey, the hero's journey, what have you. And you can always Google online uh, hero's journey. And what happens it's, a, it's about a sequence of life events, and most every story and movie follows this exact sequence of events. Your your classic Disney movie does, and usually what happens is you have the hero of the story, and a parent gets killed off. Think Bambi. Bambi lost its mother, and Simba lost his father. I can't remember. <laughs> some 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 parent got killed off, and and that's right. not the point of the story. The, the the it's symbolic, it's metaphorical in terms of we have to leave the nest to find ourselves, because there is a place where our family ends and we begin. And Umberto, you started very very early in life. If you don't mind sharing some of your experience, I mean, you left the nest very early with this up with people opportunity. And it had to be terrifying. I did. I, I started very, very early because I was a, um, a young man living, first of all, that was dealing with my sexuality. I was dealing with my sexuality as a, as, as a gay man, as a gay young man, and again, a very, very conservative uh, family, conservative family. Uh, my mother's family, who was a big influence in her, in her, were, you know, a, a, a big majority of men. So in this culture, a man is supposed to act this way. He's supposed to do this. He's supposed to not do this. And I was, um, I was conflicted because I had a mother that wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do. But at the same time, she was telling me, well, when we go to your aunt's house for dinner, you have to act this way. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, we, and she would dress us impeccably impeccably because she was the divorced woman in the family we were the ones that were supposed to become because we did not have a male influence we were the ones that were supposed to become uh the criminals the hoodlums the 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 losers the that that kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh that kind of thing so it was it was a big big a big big thing for me so i resorted to going into my bedroom this bedroom that i had (laughs) That for a long, long time, up until um, up until I uh, talked with Kathy about it and and explored it more and more for a long, long th- time, I thought that that was such a negative uh, part of my life, and to a certain extent, it was. But as I as I looked at the trauma, as I went through that trauma in working with Kathy, I realized that yes, it was negative to some extent. But that was the that was the time you know that was the time where I could be uh, where I could be alone, where I could be quiet, where I could be focused, even if I was upset, even if I was crying, even if I was happy. But that 
that room of mine, which was a small room in a small house in a terrible neighborhood, uh, in a terrible neighborhood was my, was now I know was my sanctuary because that's where I could dream and think of whatever I wanted. And the night that, uh, the night that I saw up with people, I saw them at the Tucson Music, Music Center. I was up in the nosebleed. My choir teacher had given me uh, four tickets. And he says, I think you would really like this group, Umberto. And so I went. And all of a sudden, I saw this show of 150 um, international students from all over the world put on a two-hour show. Mm-hmm. A two-hour show of... of um, uh, 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 of, of songs that that had to do with humanity, that had to do with um, with families, that had to do with children, that had to do with boys, that had to do with girls, and it was these um, 150 ki- people that would come together from all over all over the world to talk about things uh, about these things that were happening in the world and in their and in their worlds and experiences the whole thing. And when I, so when I saw that show, I was completely flabbergasted by it and, and really, and went home and cried myself to sleep because I knew as a young boy, young Mexican boy from the kind of family that I came with, the kind of culture that I came with, I would never be able to travel with this group. It was so unattainable. And I remember, uh, you know, going home and in that in that bedroom and I sat there and I cried for the for the night knowing that nothing nothing like this was ever going to happen to me and somehow that turned on the wheels in my mind and I made up my mind that that's what I was going to do and I did I asked my family and my mother and she didn't want me to do it and but I did it I, I did it and that turned my life around completely I left home when I was 17 I had just turned 17 years old. Um, I was still in high school, so I finished high school on the road. It was in, 1970, in 1975, so it was right before the bicentennial year, um, that I started traveling with this group of 150 individuals that I, I, I knew nothing about. Uh, I knew nothing about, and that started my journey with Up With People for the nine years that I was in Up With People. Um, I toured as a student, then I toured as a, uh, a, a production um, staff member for the organization, and that's how I was able to, um, uh, to co-direct and, and uh, perform in three half, uh, Super Bowl halftimes, Super Bowl 10, 14, and 16. I was featured in, uh, as, as a singer in 14 and as a dancer in 16. Wow, and uh, and that's you know, and that's what I that's what I did. That's what it opened. That organization opened up everything that I knew I had. Me, I I was I sang from a very from when I was a kid. I was in the Tucson Boys Choir at age eleven um, until I was thirteen. When my you know when my uh, voice changed, and then they kick you out of the organization because you know, <laughs> they want you to sing falsetto, and I couldn't. Right. And you can't after a certain age as a young man. Um, so, but I didn't know how to dance. I didn't know that I could dance. And my family, because dancing is like, oh, you can't dance. That's a gay thing. And that's a sissy thing. And that's a this thing and all that kind of stuff. They never, ever acknowledged the fact that I could dance. But when I went into this organization, it opened all that it opened 
that whole stuff, that stuff all just opened up for me, uh, opened up for me. And uh, I did that. And then that led me to go to New York, uh, go, go to New York. And uh, but again, when I dealt with that trauma of me being in that bedroom, when I finally was able to um, to really look at it uh, through the help of Kathy, it opened me up to a lot of things. And I can safely say that it had opened me up to what I'm doing now. Right. Uh, and, and, and speaking of what you're doing now, do you, let's, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's, Let's talk about the Art Express Theater production. Yeah, about a year, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, a friend of mine, an alumni of Up With People, called me, uh, texted me, and said, "I'm in town. I live here now." She says, "I am uh, working with a uh, with a, a theater, local theater called it's a community theater, local community theater called uh, Arts Express. Would you want, come and see one of my shows?" So I did. I went to see a show. I really, I really liked the productions that she was in, and. And uh, the subsequent productions that I that I saw there, and uh, not really, I mean, not really thinking that I was going to do anything with the organ with the with with the theater. I was just going there. I I started seeing all their shows, and I and I thought it was great, and blah 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 blah. And then uh, about a year or so ago, they came out with their 2020, uh, 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 22, uh, I mean, excuse me, the twenty three twenty four season, and in the Heights was one of the shows on their roster and never, I never thought about it. I just said, Oh, I love this show because I love the, I love the show. I know the show. Well, I've seen it 10 times on Broadway because it was one of the, it was the first show that, uh, that uh, um, I can, I could relate to, to the, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the characters because they were Latinos. I knew the neighborhood on 181st street up in upper Manhattan uh, in Upper Manhattan, so I saw it and I thought, "Oh, this is so great! I love, I, I love it. I wonder who's going to direct it." Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I saw that there was a director <laughs> there. I immediately went, <laughs> I googled the director's name, and uh, you know, I, uh, I didn't think she was the right director for it. I didn't think she was the right di- director for it. But I, uh, you know, I actually kind of left it alone. And then about a month and a half later, I was sitting there to watch a show and the producer and director and the executive, the executive producer, the founder of the theater came up to me and she says, I really want to talk to you about something. I had a meeting with her and she offered me the job to direct, um, to direct in the Heights, uh, in the Heights. And, uh, I thought about it, uh, decided to do it. And here I am. And yes. now I'm, uh, I'm in the midst, midst of the final casting, uh, for the show. It's a huge show. Uh, it's a huge show, and uh, I'm uh, I'm doing the final the the final things uh, with it before I start rehearsal in two in two weeks. It's a six week rehearsal starting March first, and then we open April nineteenth through May fifth. May fifth is my birthday, so that's kind of cool. Yes, that, uh, the end, <laughs> it's talking gonna, about yes, it's synchronistic. Yeah, it's very exactly. symbolic rebirth. Yeah, uh, I, I thought so. I thought so too. I thought so too. So it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's really really cool to be back in the whole scene, uh, in the whole scene because I, I never thought I was going to be doing this. I thought I came here retired. I was cool, you know. I was well, cool. I wasn't, I, had my I wasn't cool with it. No, you were not. You you were <laughs> never cool with that, uh, uh, Kathleen. You were never cool with that because you always 
And final, and I understood and finally realized that, uh, yeah, there was things for me still to do, you know, still to do well, because, am, you know. I am so happy and so proud of you. And I this, this is the vision that I had for you. And I, I know there's a lot more on probably more of a global level down the road, but I think you're just getting your feet wet again. Yeah. And uh, again, finding your own way. Uh, but yeah, lots more to come in this chapter, huh, my friend? Yeah, I think, I, I think so. All right, guys, we have about five more minutes. If you don't mind me asking an impromptu question, can you help the listeners understand? Like, I don't expect you to talk about my the type of bodywork release process that I do. I will be talking about that um, in other episodes. However, can you help them realize that it's this trauma work, once you get into it, it's not nearly as bad as we thought it would be? Does anybody have any input on that? Yeah, I can kind of touch on that. Um, Kathy and I, I think, because we always joke that we just kind of knock out these trauma releases like one after another in my mm-hmm. session. Yes. Um, and, you know, there was like a good period before I had moved away where it was every single session we were doing a trauma release. And it's very draining. But um, the first one sucked it was really hard and it was very draining for you know a long time after but um over time once you kind of get used to that and you kind of understand what's kind of going on and what it's going to feel like it's um it gets a lot easier and kind of going back to the thing I've been you know touching on this whole time is like it's very empowering to know that you can sit with these really traumatic things that happened and you know I can't remember the exact um like time frame that we sit with it, but it drags on forever. <laughs> it's, it's actually only seven minutes, but it's the yeah. longest seven minutes of your life. <laughs> yes. But and yes. it's, you know, and you're just laying on this table and, you know, Kathy's like, just keep, keep remembering that horrible thing that happened to you. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's empowering to know that you can do that and you can revisit those really traumatic things that happened and take control over it. And, um, for me, that was the biggest thing in getting through it was like, I know, I know what this is going to be. I know I can handle it, but also I have the power. And it's for me, I almost get excited when we do trauma releases because again, it's like, I'm taking back that power from something that's really emotionally charged. Yes. And, and do you feel relief afterwards? Yes, I I definitely do. And you got to get over like the exhaustion, of course, but there's, there's a lot of relief. Right. Right. Okay. It's, an, uh, it, 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 it's important, though. It's a it's an important task. It is scary at the beginning. It is scary at the beginning because you're vulnerable. Um, uh, you're vulnerable, and I think most of us don't like being vulnerable because that means you know, truths come out. Uh, yeah, truths no, exactly. come out. Exactly. But if you uh, but if you let it uh, with the guidance of somebody that's um, like Kathy that is present that is focused, that is there for you, uh, that is there for you, and that is uh, uh, committed to what you, um, uh, what, uh, what she believes in and uh, what she lives her life through, it makes a lot, a, a lot of difference when you're going through that. Right. Uh, and especially, especially when you get through it, because it's a good thing. Right. It's a good thing because you, um, you realize a lot of good, a lot of things, and right. it's not as scary. 
Right. It's a, right. It's a whole. It's a new way of being in the height. No pun, pun intended. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Can, can I? And, and it's. Can so, I chime in? Uh, really oh, quick, we have three more minutes. We have a, one more minute, but please do go ahead, Cassie. We have one more minute for you. No, all I want to just say up. is um, I've learned so much from Kathy. I've been working on life coaching and doing this work with other people, including my partner. Um, the first trauma release took longer than seven minutes. My first trauma release took longer than seven minutes, and it hurt like hell. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I hear about a six, you know, seven-year-old boy crying in the bushes and, um, you know, getting, releasing that and then letting that be, you know, just a distant memory and not something that's painful and holding you back. I mean, we're talking about people that are in their 40s and 50s, right? That are still holding on to this stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing is, that too. You guys, I'm sorry. We, I'm so sorry. We sorry. are going to have to wrap. No, no, it's fine. Um, but yes, basically this trauma method, what it does is it releases the emotional charge from very negative memories. All right, my wonderful guests. I'm afraid that it's been wonderful having you. I'm afraid it's time for us to close. I so appreciate your sharing your precious time and wisdom. And I have a feeling we'll be doing this again in future podcasts. <laughs> but go ahead and say That's goodbye great. to everybody if you want. Thank you so much for being here. Bye, you guys. Uh, For any local listeners interested in Berto's In the Heights production, again, it's playing at the Arts Express Theater in Tucson, Arizona, showcasing uh, April 19th through May 5th. You can purchase tickets at arts-express.org. That's arts-express.org. And I left a link to the theater um, on the Soul to Wellness page of my business website at myheroicheart.com. A goodbye and a heartfelt thanks to Umberto Alabado, Robert McCumber, Caitlin Reed, and Cassidy V. And as we come to a close, I encourage you all to tap into your inner warrior strength. Step into the present moment because it contains your spotlight to shine. And I guarantee you, my brothers and sisters, the purpose of this journey through the human experience and the whole spectrum of emotions is so that we can find love and peace. And let's not forget hope. Because as H. Jackson Brown Jr. once said, hope is the magic carpet that transports us from the present moment into the realm of infinite possibilities. Mm. Be well and live the dream, my friends. I'm Kathy Thurman, signing off from Soul to Wellness on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's no need to hurry. Slow and steady always wins the race. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. We hope you have learned a lot and you can apply in your own life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week. To you, oh.